Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 293 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Wendy Penn. Wendy lives in Scottsdale, Arizona, and she is a naturopathic physician there. I love talking to doctors, and so this is going to be a great conversation. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you, Jen. I'm so excited to be here with you. Well, I am so excited to have you, too. We've already been talking for like 10 minutes before we we started recording, so I I know we're going to go in some important directions, but you know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? Sure. Yes. Let's see. I 
heard about it three times. And that's usually my signal that I need to look into something if something keeps popping up. And I'll admit, I thought it was crazy when I heard about it. So the first person was someone I knew in the medical community who lost a tremendous amount of weight in order seeking pregnancy. And she said, oh, I'm intermittent fasting and I eat clean 80% of the time. And I thought, well, that's kind of weird, but yeah. you know, she looked amazing. <laughs> and then I had someone that I follow on Instagram who does instant pot recipes. And every once in a while in her story, she would say she was intermittent fasting. She didn't talk about it much, but it just kind of clicked in my head. And then I had a third friend who was looking amazing. And she said, oh, I'm doing this thing. And I don't eat breakfast and I don't eat dinner, but I eat whatever I want for lunch. And I went out to lunch with her and I got a salad and she got like a steak and <laughs> potato, baked potato and French fries. And I was like, what are you doing, girl? And she's like, this is all I'm going to eat today. And I thought she was crazy too. Right. When you're first hearing about it, you're like, okay, wait. But you're over there eating your little salad. Right. Yeah. And I, I was like, she's nuts. She had had twins and she lost all the weight and she looked healthy. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the thing with all three of these people was they look, they really looked healthy. So that was sort of just percolating in the back of my mind. And like everyone, we tell you when we learned about it and then why we started it. Right. right. So with me... I really maintained my weight pretty well. I'm five, seven and a half. I always count my half. (laughs) (laughs) I was really slim in high school, like 120. I was like 125 when I got married, 130, 135 when I got pregnant. I gained 35 pounds in both my pregnancies. And that was sort of my high weight. After I had my first child, I lost weight with a lot of exercise. And then when I had my son, I also developed hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's. So of course it was harder to lose weight. And I used diet pills because we had a cruise booked six weeks after he was born. We'd booked it like before I was even pregnant. And, you know, being in the medical profession, y'all are trained to use drugs. And right. I'm sure that you've you've come full circle for you know in a lot of ways, but that's what you're trained to do. You're like, oh, we've got Mm -hmm. a problem. I need to lose some weight for this cruise. I can take diet pills. They're prescription. They're yeah. safe. Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing the fen fen thing. Mm-hmm. I was so strung out. You know, I was getting tons of stuff done, felt super energetic. I was so skinny, but my hair was falling out. I had developed all these mouth sores. My nails were peeling off. And I look back at those photos and I'm holding this beautiful baby boy and I look horrible. Yeah. You know, but I was skinny and I was on the cruise and everyone was giving me that feedback. You look so great. How'd you lose the weight? You know, really unhealthy. And I actually think that's what tipped my hypothyroidism into Hashimoto's Ah. was that stressor on my body. That makes sense because that is a lot of stress in your body. I can remember how terrible I felt like, like you, I I was just taking the fin, the one part, fentramine and got it from a doctor and had watched Mm -hmm. a friend lose so well with it. And I felt terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't look great, but I did get a lot of positive feedback for losing the mm-hmm. weight. And then I was like, well, it's just what you have to do to right. be thin. I felt the same yeah. way. I finally felt horrible enough that I went off of it. Me too. And one side of my head was bald. Wow. <laughs> it was so bad. It was and so bad. You have rapid weight gain, right? Did you have rapid weight gain? Oh, yeah. Going off of and it? that kind of started the yo yo yep. dieting yep. basically for the next, you know, Ditto. 20 years. Mm -hmm. That is exactly when it got hard for me. After that, when I stopped, I started regaining rapidly and it was never as easy to get it off until intermittent fasting. But yeah. Right. 
Exactly. So, you know, when I was in medical school, we ate all day long. We ate all through our classes. I would come to school with my smoothie, my overnight oats, and I was gaining weight in school. I went to school a little later in life. So I went in 2010. Okay. And I have a naturopathic background. So we had classes where we learned about water fasting and some of my classmates went to True North for a semester, you know, and did all of that. And we learned about digestive rest for IBS patients. We did learn about intermittent fasting then, and I just wasn't interested, you know, and I I was like, I'm not treating cancer patients. You know, I don't need to know about that. But I love that the first thing you're thinking of with fasting is cancer patients, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that that shows what a powerful therapeutic it is. Absolutely. We learned about the monkeys and the calorie restriction and how they were kind of ageless. And I did have instructors that were fasters, but I just didn't think it was for me, which was funny, you know. So I gained weight in school, did the HCG diet after to lose weight for graduation. And I actually was a prescriber of HCG for my patients. And I would do that just whenever my weight got up again, but it got harder and harder. You know, it never worked quite as well as that first time. That was my cycle as well. I also got that from a doctor, right? Right. I went to one doctor, then I went to a different doctor, but it was the the HCG shots. Did you do the shots? Yes, I did the shots. I prescribed the shots. You did read the books and it all made so Mm -hmm. much sense. The theory behind it, Dr. Simeon, I think was his name. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is great. And... (laughs) No, not great. But, you know, I got to a point where I knew it wasn't working for me. I would have the rebound weight gain and I actually stopped prescribing it for my patients because I just ethically didn't feel like I was doing something good for them. And we all want the quick fix and I knew it wasn't working. And I actually quit doing weight loss consults altogether because I felt like I didn't have the answer you know, nothing was working for me. So I didn't really have confidence in something that would work for them, you know? So I just stopped with that. And it's interesting because that's such a moneymaker in a practice is weight loss. And I just couldn't do it. And, you know, we spoke a little bit before about the Ozempic and injections that everyone's into right now, you know, the Hollywood weight loss. And I have lots of colleagues making lots of money doing it. And I feel the same way about the HCG diet. I'm actually even a little more afraid of it. I've seen some things about it, some analyses about it. Of course, you know, being in the intermittent fasting world and so many people come to intermittent fasting, of course, for the weight loss. You know, we know it's the health plan with the side effect of weight loss. You've heard me say that before. But, you know, we start because we want to lose the weight. I was 210 pounds. I needed to lose a lot of weight. And I know you too. If we were could go back in time before we found intermittent fasting, you know, we did the diet pills. We did the HCG. If someone had a, a shot that we could get that was going to make us magically lose the weight, we would have been all over that, right? Oh, sign me up. Me mm-hmm. too. But I have heard some analyses about how it changes your body long term. Mm-hmm. to the point that you might lose weight, but if you stop taking it, I mean, you've got to take, they want you to take it forever. Right. Everyone has heard there's a lot of short-term side effects that we're dealing with as you get used to it. So a lot of GI issues, right? Long-term, you know, pancreatitis is an issue. It increases your risk of thyroid cancer, gallstones, diabetic retinopathy, some things like that. But what I worry about is it's driving the pancreas constantly it's sort of like thyroid disorders. You know, we can't just keep driving organs and not have them fail in some way. 
So that bothers me. You know, the, there's several mechanisms of action going on. One of them is slow gastric emptying. So that's what makes you feel full. So your food basically stays in your small intestine longer, which is what causes a lot of the nausea and things like that. So the idea is you're going to learn to eat less. You know, this is going to teach you how to have less of an appetite. But it's also secreting, it's driving the pancreas to secrete insulin. So in theory, regulating your blood sugar. And as intermittent fasters, we know that excess insulin floating around is not a good right. thing. You know, it puts us in storage mode. So I worry about that. We know that too much insulin just gives us permission to store fat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I heard somebody's analysis that it actually causes your body to make more fat cells. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't remember who's, Roxy shared something in the community about that. It was a doctor who had done an analysis on Instagram, I think. I don't know. Nobody asked me because I can't remember. <laughs> Do not email me and say, who was that? I don't know. But it was something about it caused your body to make more fat cells. So while you're losing the weight, while you're taking it, because you're basically doing a low calorie diet, right? Right. While you're doing, because you're not hungry because of the slower gastric emptying or, or your slow digestive system, but it's laying down new fat cells. And so if you stop taking it, you've got all these newly created fat cells that are ready to take in more fat. So not only do you now have you know, the metabolic slowdown from the low calorie diet, your insulin's been in hyperdrive, but now you have more fat cells. So that is the perfect landscape for extra fast regain. Right. You know, they are saying the company themselves, the producers are saying that you'll gain two thirds of your weight back within a year of going off. And we know it's going to be even more than that. So, so I want everyone to hear this. You may have a friend <laughs> who is doing this and raving about it, just like my friend who was doing the Fentramine or another friend who was doing HCG, and that's what got me going. Neither of those were sustainable. This is going to be the same thing, if not even worse. We just don't know. So do not look at your friend and envy them and think, I want what she's got. I want it to be fast. Then I'll just maintain with intermittent fasting. Not if your body is all messed up. And anyway, <laughs> that's all I can say. Well, and we can recommend that those people start intermittent fasting after, you know, they lose their weight or regain their weight or whatever happens. But you and I discussed that I think they're going to have a lot more internal yes. healing to do after this program. You know, I think it's going to be a, a slow road ahead for them. It's going to not of, only when you stop, will you regain the weight, but it's going to make it harder to lose it again. The drug companies want you to keep coming back for their drug. They want you to take it for the rest of your life. And yes, <sighs> I know, right? I it's know, like deep breath. <laughs> it's hard because it, you talked about it before. You're a doctor. You're a naturopathic doctor. You are focused on root cause, you know, solving the problem. And you did not know what to tell people. And so you knew that giving them HCG wasn't the answer. So you just said, I just can't even do anything in good conscience, you know, ethically. I just can't do it. But it is a big moneymaker. And a lot of doctors, not that they're doing it for the money, but they don't have other tools. They're like, well, I don't have any other tools. Let's do this one. Right. I do think the majority are trying to find a solution for their patients, make them happy. And, you know, 70% of Americans are overweight. Mm -hmm. You know, these people are desperate for answers. I understand that. And I'm not beyond being tempted not to sell it, but to try it. 
you know, I've gained a little weight. We'll talk about that, you know, where I am menopausal ah, yeah. and all that. <laughs> I'm like, well, what if I did it for a few weeks? And I'm like, absolutely not. That's my crazy old diet brain that wants well, to try that everything. Well, pops up, doesn't it? Good news, <laughs> yeah. I have no desire to try it. <laughs> Yes. I have a friend who's taking it right now and she wanted the quick fix. She didn't want to listen to anything I had to say and that's fine. And she was struggling with the nausea and all the GI symptoms. So they put her on some anti-nausea medication and she asked what's going to happen when I go off. And they said, well, you're going to, you know, have learned to eat less or if not, we'll keep you on it or put you on an appetite suppressant. So it's just a hamster wheel, Mm -hmm. you know, that's going to be really difficult to get off of. Yep. Oh, that is really, really sad. So yeah, say no, everybody. Please, <laughs> Please. say no. Please say no. Please say and no. <laughs> if you said yes before hearing this conversation, just know that your body is going to have to, we don't even know. I don't know how it's going to affect you long-term. Wendy doesn't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So just keep that in mind. If you've ever used it, it might mean it's going to be harder for you to lose weight in the future. So that is the the shame part. I know after I did the diet pills, it took my body years to recover. And the same with the HCG. Yes, I feel the exact same way. Definitely. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Back to your journey, you um, had quit doing weight loss consultations completely and your weight was just going up. Just to keep things interesting, through in a divorce. <laughs> so Stress, no problem. Yeah, so that started in 2018 and I lost a lot of weight rapidly. And it was the first time in my life I'd lost weight from stress. I'm typically an emotional or a stress eater, but I just couldn't eat. And I was living on potato chips and popcorn. 
<laughs> I could only tolerate things that were salty and crunchy. I get it. My Ooh, favorites. Yeah. <laughs> I lost a lot of weight. I was down to about 130 pounds, which I is. I have a friend who went through a divorce, and this is like in the 90s, but she had the same thing. It stressed her out so much that she just rapidly lost a ton of weight from the stress. I did, yes. And I didn't look good. You know, it wasn't a healthy weight loss. And the pandemic came along and my son and I moved into a rental house together. He was going to go to college that summer. And I don't think I gained a lot of pandemic weight because I was starting to be able to eat again, but just normal, healthy things. I, my weight started ballooning, mm -hmm. you know, and I ended up getting up to 150 pounds pretty quickly once I basically started eating again. So, you know, I went from, you know, a size four to a size 12. And so by, you know, March of 2020, June of 2020, I had gained a good 20 pounds or so. And I Googled intermittent fasting in July and Fast Feast Repeat came right up. Because it had right? just come just out. Come out. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. that was exciting. It had just come out. So I ordered it and it was, I got it the next day and I read the Fast Start and my son had just moved out into his apartment for college, which he would then stay in to go to college <laughs> by himself. Oh, I started right away. I just jumped in 18.6. And what was interesting to me was that I realized I've never liked eating breakfast. Breakfast has always made me hungry. Yeah. And on days when I would get busy with a project in the morning and not eat, I never wanted to eat until around one o'clock. So you start looking back and saying, oh, you know, and my grandmother who lived to be a hundred, she and was incredibly healthy. She had no health issues. She was the original intermittent faster. She only drank black coffee. She didn't eat until lunchtime, you know, and I was like, wow, she had it all figured out. So I definitely admired her longevity and her health. And I think this was part of it. I think you're right. And she never bought in. She'd already you know, settled in her ways by the time mm -hmm. dietary advice started coming out. You know, she was like, never mind. I'm doing what I do. <laughs> yeah. When she ate, she ate what she wanted to. You know, she wasn't restricting. So... What I loved about the fasting was I'm very intolerant to gluten and dairy, which came around, you know, the Hashimoto's right. time, which is common. And I was starting to deal with some like orthorexia where I was becoming oh. afraid of different foods. I was getting so restrictive, yeah. you know, but still packing on the weight, you know, eating salad and gaining weight. So what I really loved right away was that I learned that I don't have to keep my inflammation down by only eating anti-inflammatory things. Intermittent fasting was also anti-inflammatory. Yes. You know, so that was a, a huge thing for me. So yeah, and then I quickly, I mean, pretty quickly got down to about 140 and I have stayed there. But what's so interesting about it is that my body fat when I started was 25% and it's 18% now. Wow. So if I had just been looking at the scale... I'd be really depressed. You know, I basically lost 10 pounds and it's been two and a half years and I right. haven't lost any more on the scale. But my body's changed dramatically. And I think that 140 pounds is also really healthy for five, seven and a half, right? It is. And I'm much more muscular. You know, when I was 120 pounds in high school, I, I don't think I had a single muscle on my body. I was a nerd. I was always reading. I wasn't getting any exercise. <laughs> So your body is probably different now at 140 than it was before at 140. 
I can wear the clothes I was wearing when I was 130, you know, with the unhealthy weight loss. So it's been great. But I love saying, well, I really haven't lost any weight in two and a half years because I just look so different. And for me, that number, you know, my self-worth was so tied up in how I looked in my body and my own body image of myself that I did have to quit weighing. So once a month I weigh at a place I go, a biohacking place where I go cold plunge, I do like an in-body scan, yeah, which isn't super accurate, but it shows me, you know, obviously my trends. So that's where that data comes from. Not perfect, but... Is your fat staying the same or is it still slowly going down? I hang out around 18 percent, but then we threw in menopause and all of yeah. that in the last two, two and a half years also. <laughs> that is really, really a factor that I didn't understand before I went through it. So I lost track of when my cycles were because I was kind of like you, I was almost there and then I had another one. And right. then with the divorce, I just wasn't paying attention to any of that. I tried to go back in and look at my data, but it's gone. So I've got all my data from 2012 to current. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I wish I had. Mine wasn't on my app anymore. But I didn't even realize I was through until I had some labs done. And the doctor who did them said, you know, you're, you know, fully done. (laughs) Menopause, you're past it. And I was like, oh, really? Intermittent fasting made that transition really easy for me. Yeah, I think so too. I didn't have hot flashes and things like that. But what I didn't realize was how low my estrogen had gotten. So just recently, I've been having trouble sleeping. So I'm not a New Year's resolution person, but I said in 2023, I'm getting the sleep figured out. Are you doing hormone replacement therapy? Yes, and I have been for years. Okay. Are you taking progesterone? I was taking progesterone and doing testosterone, and I hadn't needed the estrogen. I'd been in estrogen dominance forever. Okay. Well, so then I was like, I've got to get the sleep figured out. It's probably this postmenopausal thing. And I didn't realize I hadn't had labs done in a year and a half. <laughs> I'm, I'm like the plumber with the leaky sink. Oh, I get right? it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just recently had my labs done and my estrogen was undetectable, basically. So it's time. And I've started the replacement and I'm super puffy and I'm retaining all this water. I actually oh. see my naturopath today. My clothes fit, but they're tight and it makes me feel diety. But I know I'm just getting adjusted to these hormones. You had to tell me in the network, you know, say what you would say with your patients. Give it some time. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I needed to hear it too. But I, you know, I had no symptoms, which was great. Now that I'm taking the estrogen, my skin does look a little better. I'm seeing some things where, okay, I did have some symptoms, but none of the ones that, you know, we typically associate with, you know, the big hot flashes and things. Are you using the estrogen as a cream or are you using the patch? I'm using the cream. Okay. I just want to throw this out there. Mm-hmm. And my friend that is part of the same group that you I'm a part of in the mastermind mm-hmm. that you know of, she's a, um, an OBGYN and she does, you know, the hormone therapy. And so she prescribed for me the patch, the just estradiol patch. And I started taking that. That did not make me puffy or anything. And my waist size went down. Then I went to a doctor here locally who Mm -hmm. said, we prefer to have it compounded. We like to use the cream. It's got two types of estrogen in it. We think you need both. So I switched to that and started getting lots and lots of breakouts and Mm. got puffier. And also the symptoms that the patch had been working with were not as good anymore. So I went back to the patch. So just that's good to know. Just a little FYI, because and and when I was at the event in New Orleans, there are a lot of 
hormone doctors in this group of people. And so I talked to one of them. I think it was Dr. Deb who came on the Life Lessons podcast. I think I was her, but there's several in the group. And I was like, you know, cream versus patch. She's like, I use the patch. <laughs> and, you know, when the, the female OBGYNs who do hormone replacement therapy prefer the patch, I'm like, okay, that's interesting. So I'm, yeah, just something to think about. Yeah, we could definitely play with the, you know, delivery methods. I wanted to do the cream because I wanted to be able to adjust it. Yeah, I get that. Because I'm a control freak. I understand. <laughs> I understand. But the cream but made me puffier is all. That's good to know. Two types of... So anyway, <laughs> I see my doctor today, so we're, we'll discuss it. But it's interesting how even after two and a half years, I can go right back into the diet brain, you know, and I was going to weigh myself today. I really don't weigh anymore just so I could say on the podcast, but then I'm like, no, I'm not. It could I ruin my glad. day with, Good, with you were all like, this you know, water retention. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I yeah. stopped weighing when I started playing games with, oh, I'm puffy. I shouldn't weigh. Oh, I'm going to wait tomorrow. I better not eat Mexican food. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And you really inspired me to quit weighing because I knew it wasn't healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I can always tell in my clothes. I always can. I know some people say they can't, but I can. I know. I always know when my pants are getting tight and I I know what I need to do. Mm -hmm. I have a pair of not stretchy, white, almost bell-bottom jeans, so they don't hide a thing that are my honesty pants. (laughs) And uh, I'm not putting them on right now. We'll wait till we get these hormones situated a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. But that just illustrates the power of hormones and getting it in balance for your body because it's really hard to fight your body when it's doing something different. Yeah, it definitely is. And so you are taking progesterone now. That's not helping with your sleep yet? No. Yeah. I don't know. We'll get it figured out. (laughs) Well, also I went back to the type of progesterone that it all has like the slow release progesterone does not help with my sleep the same way that the quick release. Same. Yeah. I agree with you there. I like, I like the quick release, help me go to bed and be done with it. And then I just sleep, like I'm sleeping eight hours a night. Like we just, we're just past Valentine's day. I had a couple glasses of wine and I slept eight hours straight solid. It felt amazing. I did get eight hours of sleep last night. Oh, so, good, good. Yeah, good. it was the first time since the new year that oh, wow. my data showed me I got eight hours. You just don't realize when you get used to having bad sleep and then you start sleeping again and you're just like, this feels like a miracle. I know, you feel like a new person, <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a reason uh, sleep deprivation kills lab rats, right? Well, that's true. <laughs> and it makes us, and we also, it, it affects our weight. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Not not getting sleep. So circling back, when you started, you were feeling like you were having issues with orthorexia just in general of Mm -hmm. of food choices. How has intermittent fasting helped with that? Oh, by the way, let's define orthorexia for anybody who doesn't know. People might not know what it is. Yeah, it's kind of new, right? Is it officially recognized yet or still not? I think it is. Okay. I think Last I heard time that I checked, it, it had not been, but okay. it, it should be. I mean, right. Yeah. So it's being restrictive about your eating, but being worried about food quality, you know, just it has to be organic or I can only eat green vegetables or 
I always think of being clean-ish, right? So if you have this, you, you can't have the ish. Right. <laughs> you know, I talked you about it in clean-ish. And oh, there's did a you? Section. I haven't yes. read it yet. Okay. Yeah. There's a whole section in clean-ish about orthorexia. And the book, Stephen Bratman is his name. I think he's the he's a, is he a psychiatrist or psychologist, one of those. But he actually coined the term and he suffered from it himself. He's got a book on orthorexia and he talked about you know, his whole journey of, you know, learning about food and everything he kept learning. And then he would do something different. And then he got to the point where he was so afraid to eat anything. Mm-hmm. And that's really how it is. Because in everything is scary when you when you read a, something that tells you it's scary, even right. kale or <laughs> water or, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I felt like I was definitely flirting with that, you know, and part of it was just gaining weight, eating a lot of foods that are, quote, healthy, You know, when we have that rapid weight gain after very restrictive low calorie diets, you know, and I would have patients say that to me, I can drink water and gain weight, you know, that kind of thing. So I was not eating any dairy. I was not eating any gluten. Then I got this great education with a lot of information about nutrition, you know, so then for me, you know, it had to be organic and then I'll worry about, you know, meat supply sources. And I, I would literally say, I don't know what I can eat. Right. And you certainly can't go out to eat because Lord knows what they're giving you, right? You know, can't eat at a friend's house. When you start becoming that afraid of what you're going to put in your your mouth, that's when you know. Right. So I took the kind of the delay, don't deny things seriously. You know, I read delay, don't deny right after I read Fast Feast Repeat. And I was like, I'm just going to eat whatever I want and see how that goes. And and we know fasting is going to point out to us what isn't working for us. I did learn I could eat a much larger variety of things than I thought I could. Good. And I was able to let go. I was taking tons and tons of supplements. You know, I was able to let go a lot of a lot of those. And I became less judgmental about what other people were eating too. I love that because when we get caught up in the whole everything has to be perfect, it's really easy to, you know, look at what someone else is doing, but, you know, keep your eyes on your own plate. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I would be worried that my dad would get a hot dog every time he would go to Costco, you know, but really it's none of my business. He hasn't asked me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, well, it's been years since I've had a, hot, a Costco hot dog, but they are good. <laughs> According to my dad, they're still the best. <laughs> I would eat one if I, you know, if my window was open and I wanted it, but. <laughs> right. So, and that was sort of what I was learning was that I could eat these things and I could enjoy food again. And I really started to dread cooking and I started to enjoy that again. Plus I wasn't cooking a whole bunch of meals. I didn't have to make breakfast, you know, and I have a weird window. Maybe it's not weird. I eat from about 11 to one. Okay. That's my favorite. There are definitely people who love that window. I love it. And part of it, you know, I live alone. And so I like eating at work when there's people around. Okay. That makes sense. You have company. You're not eating mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. And when I come home, I love that my kitchen's still clean and I don't want to make dinner. <laughs> <laughs> that works really, really well. But yeah, that's all about finding the the time that feels best for you. 11 to 1 would not be my ideal window. You know that. But the people who love it, love it. Mm-hmm. And I don't sleep well when I eat before I go to bed. I'm hot and I thrash around a lot. <laughs> So it works well. Now my, I had a business partner in my practice. She since moved. Her window is at 7 a.m. 
She started fasting the day I did. She never even read the book. I walked in and I said, I'm doing this. Here's the book. She said, okay, I'm doing it. She never read the book. She just started doing it. And she did it way better than I did. That's so funny. (laughs) And she's like, okay, I'm fasting. And so is my mom because her mom had health issues and lived with her. But she would do a hard workout at 5 a.m. She would eat at 7 a.m. and not eat until the next day. I couldn't believe it. Wow. I can't even imagine it because I get hungry. That would not hold me over. Yeah, no. There are definitely people who like a morning window. I, I'm a believer. I just, I can't fathom it, but I believe them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, so I like the afternoon window. Yeah. It's been a challenge. I've been dating. Oh, that's exciting. It is or exciting. Scary. I don't know which it is. <laughs> Both. It's okay. scary and exciting and fun. But that was throwing me off because a lot of dates are dinner time. I'm not very successful at pushing the window later because mm-hmm. I'm so hungry, like around that 11, 12, 1 o'clock time that those just end up being super long window days, you know, which could also contribute to my little, little bit of puffiness, <laughs> window creep, dating yeah. window creep. Yeah. So, so you have been having a little longer windows on some of those days. I have had some longer windows. Yeah. So, I mean, I can get to maybe four, but I'm miserable. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to be miserable. We say tweak it till it's easy, not feel miserable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I do feel like in maintenance, I I need to eat a little more. I think just because the body fat's so low or low for me. Right. Right. I think that's important. You know, my body naturally adjusted to, to wanting to eat a little bit more. You know, what I consider to be my snack when I open my window, someone else might consider to be a meal. doesn't matter. But <laughs> it, it would certainly not be enough for me to be considered a meal. But it's all about really learning to listen to your body. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I also not very successful with ADF. <laughs> really? Well, if you if you like to eat every day and, and don't want to do like, I can also imagine that, you know, the down day with the 500 calorie meal might be hard if you do that midday. Is that what you've found? Have you tried that? Well, usually if I try the 500 calorie, I just make it a regular day. Yeah. I it's just hard eat. to stick to. Right. I'm like, okay, I just, to me, that was the snack. <laughs> now I have to eat. I've done, I think, five total days where I had like a true down day okay, and it like makes, me fast. Feel, mm-hmm, makes me feel really bingy the next day. Okay. And I definitely have not eating disorder history, but disordered eating history. So I, I feel like that's not great for me mentally. That's important to know because you see those signs in yourself and mm-hmm. all of us who've tried the diet pills and the HCG and all that, we all have, we may not have been diagnosed with an eating disorder ever But all of that was disordered, all of that that we did. And looking back on it, now that we're living a lifestyle that feels so good, we can look back on that and say, wow, that was not good. That was disordered. I had one of those days I felt great and I had all that energy. But usually the other days I would get a pretty big headache and have trouble sleeping. So I don't know if I didn't do it enough to adjust to it. But, you know, I've been happy with my results. So I guess I don't really feel like I need to do it. I don't know. Maybe someday I will, right? We always have the tools. I just really feel like your next journey, part of your journey, is going to be loving your body where it is right now. Mm -hmm. Because I get it. I mean, 
I got a little, you know, on the side of my jeans here, you know, if I lean a certain <laughs> way, I got a little muffin top. These are my same jeans I've been wearing for years. But, you know, you've heard me say probably before, we're women. We have squishy bodies. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you're probably at a place where you just need to maybe settle in. And yeah, after menopause, I'm a little squishier than I was before menopause. I think you're right. Yes. And like I said, I do have the self-worth body image things that I'm always working through. Yep. So I think you're absolutely right. I'm just several years ahead of you. That's all. But <laughs> had yeah, I been earlier in my intermittent fasting journey when I went through menopause, I might have been more stressed about it. But I was so far along the path that I was like, all right, my body's changed a little bit. It's okay. When I look back at, okay, I've been doing this for two and a half years. I I got divorced. I went through menopause. I had big change in my practice and I didn't gain any weight. After years of just steadily gaining weight, you know, having gotten through these stressors, both emotionally and physical stressors, I'm thrilled with that, you know. So that's what I have to remind myself. Yeah. Just relax into that process and know that you're in a good place right now. And always, mm-hmm. you know, that, that whole drive to always improve and always be better. Sometimes we're, we don't need to do that. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I'd have that perfectionism for I get sure. It. I get it. And, <laughs> you know, throw in another wrinkle. I'm Jen Stevens. I'm not supposed to right. be, I'm supposed to be like, you know, skinny. I don't <laughs> There's a little pressure there for sure. There's that little pressure, but I've rejected that pressure. I'm just going to be me. I love that. You're so inspiring. It's me having to have all these years of undoing that diet brain. Mm -hmm. And speaking of diet brain, I'm kind of like you in that the low fat era, I lost a lot of weight with that. And that was really good for me. And then I was a TA for a a plant-based nutrition class that was geared towards cardiovascular health. So no oils involved. I had to do it six weeks with the students. I lost so much weight. Yeah. My body loves eating that way. And I know. Mine does too. (laughs) But dairy is so delicious. Are you completely off dairy still or do you have a little bit? Well, what happened was I found myself a little loophole where I was doing okay with goat cheese. Yeah. And so I would have it occasionally. And then I started going crazy, you know, goat cheese on everything. So it's like, okay, you got to scale it back. (laughs) It really is good. And, you know, from what I understand, it like activates some pleasure centers Mm -hmm. in our brain, which makes sense because, you know, when babies are having their milk, they have that calming. Anyway. (laughs) Yeah. So I was being a baby goat. and. Yeah, so definitely something that I I don't need to cut it out entirely, you know, and I, and I don't live that way anymore. Food isn't good or bad to me now, which is great, but not as often as I was having it. Well, now that my whole food plant-based experiment is officially over for those 60 mm-hmm. days, I did get less puffy, you know, if I yep. <laughs> but it got me to realize that I love the Green Chef vegan meals. I mean, I'm never going to call myself a vegan. Even when I was doing whole food plant-based, I didn't, you know, I'm wearing mm-hmm. my Uggs. I'm, we got my leather, right. you know, I eat honey. I would eat honey, but I just felt so good eating that way. And their food is so, the Green Chef vegan meals are like a no brainer because they taste delicious. Right. So I, yeah. I'm like gravitating towards those. And, you know, Chad and I are going out tonight. We're celebrating a belated Valentine's Day. I'm going to eat whatever I want at the restaurant. I'm not going to avoid anything. I'm going to eat what looks delicious because, you know, I'm ish. You're ish. And it's such a healthy approach. One thing I haven't heard people talk about, well, I don't think I've heard it on the podcast. Did you ever hear about like the Naturally Slim program? It was 
geared for corporate weight loss. Now it's called Wonder Health. No, Naturally Slim. I've never heard of that. Naturally Slim. And it was something that businesses could provide to their employees as a way to get them healthier, you know, decrease sick days, blah, blah, blah. And the premise was about really learning appetite correction. So they really wanted you to slow down your eating. And then they wanted you to eat your very favorite thing first. So like, don't waste time eating the salad if you don't really want the salad. Like, you know, don't say, oh, I have to eat the salad before I have a piece of pizza. And then they only wanted you to eat three things off of a buffet, you know, and one at a time. You couldn't take like a bite of this and then a bite of that. Oh, that you know, would not work to, for me because I like to have yeah. a bite of everything. Charcuterie board, all right. the things. Yeah. So, but this was the part of it that was so crazy in retrospect. So they wanted you to wait as long as you could in the morning to eat, yeah. which was great. But they had you make this drink. They called it H2 Orange. And you had water with a splash of orange juice in it. And so I'd make a giant thing of it and sip on it oh. all morning. So we know we know what I was really doing. You were keeping <laughs> your insulin high. And yeah, yes. you were you were on that roller coaster, probably with your blood sugar too, because the orange juice had just enough oomph in there plus the right. Yeah. You know, and it was supposed to, you know, let you wait longer to eat and they rebranded it. Now it's called Wonder Health. I looked it up. It's like W-O-N-D-R, no oh. E, health. And it's the same thing. But one thing that I took away from that that I really liked was just the slowing down. Yeah. You know, because. Be mindful of it. Right. You really get most of the pleasure from those first few bites, you know, and I am really good at ignoring the signals from my body if something tastes good. Like I tend to be bingy anyway. Yeah. So I get, I get it. And you sound like me, volume eater. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like a big plate of food. Yeah, it's pleasurable and we're enjoying the sensation of eating it. But you're right. You know, if once we've had it, we've had it. Mm-hmm. We don't need to keep having it. Right. (laughs) But I do like to feel pleasantly full, not overstuffed. But I I like the feeling of feeling like I've had enough to eat. Mm -hmm. When I first started fasting, I was definitely eating for future hunger. Like I was so worried that what I ate wasn't going to be enough, you know. And so I went to bed with some tummy aches in those days (laughs) until I just realized, okay, if you need to open earlier, you need to open earlier. You know, there's there's no fasting police. I'm not going to get in trouble. (laughs) There you go. That's right. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash wondery and use code wondery for 20% off your first purchase. So do you use fasting now with your patients? I do. Mm -hmm. And I mainly just tell them to read your book, essentially. But I have done some small group support because they want more support. So I've done just private Facebook groups. I'm going to do more of that. 
and I'm back to offering weight loss consultations again. I'm not afraid of it, but it's, it's all about fasting for yeah. me now because it really is the only, well, it fits in so well with my practice, which is mainly aesthetics and anti-aging and wellness and those types of things. So if I can give them a way to just get that autophagy, longevity, you know, it just fits in so well with what I love and what I believe in. So I love fasting. Now they all want the quick fix. Yeah. I get <laughs> so, it. That was me too. That's why I was taking the diet pills and doing the HCG shots. It was the quick fix. I don't have patients doing it in droves, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, I, I feel really good about teaching them about fasting. And I just tell everyone, Jen Stevens is the expert. Read her book. I can't recreate this. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and then I'm there to support them. And then of course I, you know, like you said, root cause, I'm happy to dig into their hormones and thyroid and things like that with them, you know, if they need it. So, and anyone our age does for sure. Well, I think that's so important, you know, for so many years now, many doctors have just been treating blood work, but not how you feel. Your blood work could look perfect, but if you don't feel great, there's something going on. You know, I think back to the stuff I read early on, I had a nodule on my thyroid. And so I started going down the rabbit holes when I was having trouble losing weight. I don't know, maybe around 2007 or something like that. And I read a book about the thyroid and being hypothyroid. And it talked about how doctors used to just treat the symptoms and they would keep upping your dose till you felt good. Mm-hmm. And that's when they stopped. You, that's how they knew. And we've gotten away from that. Definitely. And I, I appreciate that about my education. You know, what we learned about lab values, you know, because I was frustrated. I was going to so many endocrinologists and just saying, but I don't feel good. I don't feel right. You know, and they'd say, well, your labs look great. It took me finding a naturopath, you know, to dig into that more. And then in my education, we know lab values are from the population around us, which are typically not, you know, the healthy people. So we're not looking at ideal values. And then also doctors that don't have further education, look at your hormone values in a certain range and say, oh, you're normal, but they're not looking at how the hormones are working together and those percentages and what stage of life you're in and what's optimal. So really grateful for that part of my education. And I just encourage people to keep looking. If you feel like crap and your doctor says you're normal because of your labs, keep looking because there are definitely doctors out there that are going to be able to help you. And how does somebody find a good one? Right. So naturopathic physicians, so I'm an NMD, different states have different regulations, right? So there's states I can't practice, things like that. But if you're in a state that's licensed for naturopathic physicians, they're a great place to start and you can go Google search for them. Also, a lot of integrative doctors, you know, you'll look for that word or functional medicine. Doctors usually have further education as well. When if you come out of traditional med school, there's only so many tools you have in your toolbox. And it's literally, am I going to prescribe this drug? Is it going to be worth it? Is it going to be good enough that we want to put them on it or life-changing enough or life-saving enough that the side effects are worth it? And then are we going to put them on some more drugs for their side effects? And that's just the, the tools they have. I don't begrudge physicians that because that's all they learned. But there are a lot of doctors that are seeking further education that can be a really good fit. Yeah. So keep looking is the message. Keep there looking. From, keep from looking. Dr. And trust Penn, yeah. from Wendy. <laughs> and trust yourself. One of my greatest instructors said, you know, your patients know what's wrong with them. It's kind of like how you say you know what the problem is if you're struggling with fasting. 
I would let patients basically diagnose themselves by telling me their story of what they're feeling. And nine out of 10 times, they're correct. So if you feel like something's not right, absolutely honor and listen to that. That's huge. That really, really is because so many things have taught us the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. Like from prescriptive diet programs that tell you what to eat, when to eat, how much to eat, and your lab values telling you you're fine when you know you're not. (laughs) It's like medical gaslighting almost, not on purpose. It is. It is. You're fine. Stop complaining. I don't know. You're fine. You're you're 50 now. That's how 50-year-olds feel. Well, and then what happens is they put you on an antidepressant. Yes. That's the next step. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Especially well, just take this medicine, mm-hmm. numb it out a little bit. And I'm like, dude, you're making me depressed because you're not listening to me. Yeah. And and not to make light of, of antidepressants no. because there are definitely no. people who need to take them. But if you're having another problem, that is not going to solve it, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think that's so true. I hear so many other doctors say, you know, what you're eating doesn't affect your acne or, you know, doesn't affect your mood or things like that. And I just laugh. I can't imagine a doctor saying what you're eating doesn't affect your fill in the blank. Right. I hear it all the time. I hear it from my patients. I hear it from other physicians. And I know, you know, when I eat a lot of sugar or alcohol, it a hundred percent affects my mood. Yeah. You know, it definitely does. And And your sleep and so mm -hmm. many, like, I didn't have brownies last night, but I had them the night before because it was Valentine's Day and I actually did sleep pretty well, but I did the vibration plate two times. I think that helped. <laughs> Take care of those restless yeah, legs. well, it does. I don't know what it does, but it like moves it along or something. I'm not sure. It's almost like the energy's trapped in my legs, but the vibration plate vibrates it somewhere else. I don't really know. Scientifically, that might sound insane, but it feels better. But last night I was like, you know, I don't feel, there were, you know, the brownies were delicious. Chad was having them. He's like, you want me to make you some? I'm like, I just don't feel like it. Because mm-hmm. I felt so good right at that moment. I didn't want to have to like not feel that good. Right. Yeah. You choose feeling great, which it's so powerful. It really is. If you feel like something is making you feel bad, it probably is. Mm-hmm. So are, do you eat gluten now? I, we, we talked about no, dairy. Okay. Still not at all. Yeah, yeah. I've been gluten-free for over 20 years or I haven't eaten it intentionally. It makes me really sick. And again, you know, you you know that that's what happens to your body. So I can cheat a little with the dairy and pay the price, but the gluten just absolutely isn't worth it. And I've really learned my kids can't eat gluten or dairy either. Sorry, kids, pass that on to you. Yeah, yeah. So I got really good at substituting and baking and and things like that. So yeah, there's a lot of great options out there. You don't even notice that you're not having it. Yeah. Although when I was in that, the group, when we came to Scottsdale, every, all the food is gluten-free, dairy-free. <laughs> oh, and when we went to New Orleans, same thing, all the food, gluten-free, dairy-free. And one day they accidentally had something with gluten. I was like, I'll have some more of that. <laughs> You're like, just bring that platter I mean, over I here. Need, I don't need to be gluten-free. <laughs> gluten, I mean, I've, I tried eliminating it years ago. I didn't, didn't notice any difference for me. Well, it's the bioindividuality. Exactly. Not, not everybody has to be gluten-free. That's another beautiful thing about fasting is you get to pick what you eat, you know. And your body will tell you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sure does. Absolutely. So you mentioned before you like to hike. You're an exerciser. When do you do your hiking? So the listeners can't see, but behind me, I have a beautiful mountain. I can see it. It's and, so beautiful. Yeah. And so I'm I'm training for a 40 
mile Grand Canyon hike over three days. And I have to carry 20, be able to carry a 25 pound pack, which has been the hard part for me. And I consider that an NSV because I never would have even agreed to do it or attempted it before I was fasting. You know, I thought fasting was hard. So it went into that category of I can do hard things. Yeah. I've noticed since I started fasting, I've challenged myself more and more in different ways, which I think is another NSV. So I have that coming up in two and a half weeks. Wow. I can't wait to hear how it goes. Share lots of pictures in the community. Yeah. It's going to be gorgeous. So I'm excited. I'm also would be a little scared. (laughs) I'm a little scared. I'm a little scared for sure. So hiking, I love hiking, walking and yoga. I'm not an intense exerciser anymore. I used to be, but it was always about punishing myself or, you know, trying to lose some weight. Now I just do what I like to do. I love ice skating. I imagine myself in like the senior ice capades someday. That's so funny. (laughs) So there's a new skating rink by my house here. So I've got to go check it out. So and I don't lose a lot of weight with exercise. I'm not one of those people either. And I thought that was fascinating when I did the DNA analysis and learned that there are people who genetically are more likely to lose weight from exercise and people who aren't. That just really was like, well, okay, I already knew that about myself, but it was good to have that confirmation. And sometimes people misinterpreted that I was saying, don't exercise. I, that Nothing could be farther from the truth. Right. I move my body because it feels good. I love to walk on the beach. I love to jump on my rebounder. I love to use my vibration plate. I love to be strong, but I don't do it for weight loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I, I do it for my mental health, for sure. And that change in my body fat and my lean muscle mass, all of that happened without exercise. You know, that was all fasting, which is amazing to me. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting? Or what do you wish you knew when you first started? So... What I tell everyone is sort of what I said about your lab values is just trust yourself, trust yourself that you can do this. And I was afraid of failing on yet another diet. I felt like this was the answer with my background and my education, the science of it made so much sense to me, but I still kind of felt like, oh, this will probably work for a while and then I'm going to fail. Just don't do that. Just trust yourself know that you can do this. And there's such a beautiful support system in the social network. So there are definitely, you know, people to lean on in this community. You know, if your doctor or your neighbor, if they're telling you you're crazy, like I was telling the people (laughs) (laughs) don't listen to those people, trust yourself, trust your journey, find those people that are like-minded and can support you. I would recommend, you know, we talk about tweaking it, but if you're really struggling, find that doctor or, you know, health specialist is going to help you test your hormones, get to the root cause, things like that. And we, we want to feel our best. If you don't feel good, there's something, something. Right. There's something. And again, you know, I see that in the social network, you know, right. people say, oh, this is going on, you know, and hearing other people jump in with what they need to do is a great form of support. Yeah, that peer-to-peer support is so valuable because you know that you're not the only person going through it. You're not alone. You're not crazy. Other people struggle. I have struggles too, you know, even though I'm Jen Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm going on the podcast and I'm puffy. Uh, you <laughs> don't look puffy at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's so much healing, you know, 
physically and mentally and your relationship with food. It's so beautiful. So trust yourself and just do it. Just do it. Jump in, clean fast, do it. <laughs> well, Wendy, I have loved talking to you and I I love everybody that I talk to, but I especially love when it's a medical practitioner who has come around to intermittent fasting and is you know, talking about the positive benefits with patients and know that we really are changing the world. Yes. And you're such a great leader and you started it and we love it. So well, thank you so teacher. much. That's it. I'm just <laughs> you definitely have the heart of a teacher. Thank That's you so it. much, Jen. Thank you. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them, in each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.